0: You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com.
1: Welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Corey Allen. Alongside my wife, Pam, we explore the wisdom and skills of the world's smartest relationship minds. We have in depth conversations with authors and counselors, psychologists and professors, doctors and specialists, and some shows with just Pam and me. Each episode explores topics every relationship faces and seeks to offer a framework and practical advice that you can use to build a deeper understanding of how your relationship works and then helps you frame your conversations to propel life and marriage forward. If you're new to the show or you're looking for a simple way to tell your friends about SMR, we highly suggest our episode starter packs. These are collections of our favorite episodes organized by topic to help new listeners get a taste of everything that we do here on the show. Go to smrnation.com forward slash starter or search for our show in the Spotify app. Got some feedback for us about something we've missed or haven't yet covered? Or simply want us to address something specifically for you? Send us a message by calling the show at 214-702-9565 or email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is an encore of a conversation I had with Dr. Robert Glover about the nice guy. What exactly does that mean? Perhaps you're one of them. And keep in mind, today, nice doesn't necessarily mean kind. And on the extended version today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. Dr. Glover and I continue the conversation talking about what does it mean to set a tone and show up well. If you like the show, you can help us out by rating and reviewing SMR on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you listen. Your comments help spread the word about the show and help others frame their conversations about what happens behind their closed doors. Stay tuned for our conversation with Dr. Glover. Enjoy the show, Dr. Glover, or I'm just going to go with Robert. I mean, come on, we're I we're casual Robert. here. Thanks, so, Corey. <laughs> welcome to the show, man.
0: Thanks for the invitation. It's good to see you. Good to talk to you again.
1: And so, just for a quick uh, bio to. Uh, the audience, because even though I've referred to you and your work with No More Mr. Nice Guy is the book that is the one that was kicked, it kicked me in the groin in the gut when I read it, because it just, you started meddling as soon as I started reading. (laughs) Um, And I know a lot of the other people that I've referred to or that have come across it uh, say some of the same things, but just give, fill everybody in on who, who Robert is. Just real brief. All right. I,
0: I, I just had to smile when I heard you say meddling. I I, <laughs> I lived in, in in Texas and Arkansas for a few years, several years ago, but I haven't heard meddling in a long time. <laughs> well,
1: it's not a Mexico uh,
0: term, I'm guessing. No, no. And as, as you <laughs> allude, I, I now live in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, uh, but did uh, live in the Dallas area for a while and went to the same school you did. So, um, yeah, it's good to talk to you. And, and just a little bit about me. Um, Uh, I am the the author of No More Mr. Nice Guy. My book came out uh, in 2003, so we're coming up on on 15 years. We're actually doing a a little bit of a revised reprint, uh, taking out some of the typos. I I got to write a new preface for the the edition, but it's it's the same. But um, yeah, when I wrote No More Mr. Nice Guy, my background is I I have a Ph.D. in marriage and family therapy, and I've done a ton of work um, with couples. But the book was directed at men and it really came out of my own personal recovery as a nice guy. Um, I was married to my second wife when, when I wrote the book, um, and I thought I was a nice guy. I was treating her well. Mm-hmm. i was doing everything right. And she kept saying, you know, I can't take your passive aggressiveness. I'd rather be married to a jerk. At least, you know, <laughs> a jerk's going to treat you bad all the time. You treat me so well, and, and then, then you turn around and, you, you know, you do something that really hurts. Mm-hmm. So uh, she said, you need to go get help. And, and I did. I went and got some help to try to figure out why my being a nice guy didn't make right. her more appreciative of me. And along the way, a lot of the guys coming to me for a couples therapy with their wives or girlfriends were saying the same thing I was. I'm a nice guy. I'm one of the nicest guys you're ever going to mm-hmm. want to meet. I treat my wife well. I treat her better than her ex. I'm raising her kids. I give to her all the time. I try to make her happy. But she's never happy. She's angry all the time. It's never good enough. She never wants to have sex anymore. And I thought, man, I can finish these guys' sentences for you. (laughs) So uh, I started uh, maybe about 20-plus years ago. I started my first No More Mr. Nice Guy men's group with this handful of guys. Mm -hmm. And I just said, hey, I'll I'll write you guys like a a lesson, a chapter every other week when we meet. And people kept saying, you should write a book. You should go on Oprah. Well, I kept writing, never got on Oprah, but the book, as I said, came out about 15 years ago. And, And, man, I get emails every day. They, they don't all say meddling, but, you know, they, they say, hey, you've been following me around. How do you know me so well? Yeah, where's the I'm going to sue you for invasion of privacy. Um, so it, it's really struck a nerve in the yes. book. Um, the sales of the book go up every year after fifteen years, so word of mouth spreads, therapists recommend it. guys like you on podcast recommend mm-hmm. it so um, and I get a lot of positive response from women as well, both in terms of um, them telling me that they can see themselves in those nice guy or codependent tendencies is Mm -hmm. really what it is um and a lot of women you know say thank you i understand my husband a lot better it makes sense now why maybe he lies to me when he doesn't need to or why he's avoidant or why he won't just make a decision or why he won't tell me no right um and, and a lot of guys tell me that they found the book when, like, an ex wife or ex girlfriend gave them the book. So, um, so
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, like, uh, you need, to, you to, need to read it.
0: this. Yeah, you need to read this. It's too late for us, yeah. but you know, here, I love you. you yes, yeah, so this will help you down uh, the road. The so,
1: if you were to characterize, uh, in Thank some you know short and formed what what are the characteristics of a nice guy just so that we can be on the same page because some people they they might this might be a new idea where they've already even just hearing what you've said they might be going, okay, hold on now i I'm, 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 nice <laughs> I'm hearing some of those things too, so what would you say are some of just the succinct characteristics that put you in the nice guy category
0: okay that's a good question so basically a nice guy has internalized inaccurately some core beliefs usually beginning very early in childhood maybe often beginning even before having any kind of uh, conscious awareness or language ability so Mm -hmm. we're talking maybe a few months old few years old so it's, it's an emotional internalization a belief about self and the world and basically the nice guy if you had to put it you know just in a nutshell nice guy doesn't believe he's okay just as he is he has to become what he thinks other people want him to be to be liked and loved um, and he has to hide those things about him that he thinks other people might disapprove of right. or, or, reject them or have a negative reaction. So there's no real him there. There's no authentic self. There's this trying to become something and trying to hide something. Usually both are going on at the same time. And, and we're, how that usually manifests is in, in pleasing behavior, caretaking behavior, um, you know, I used the word codependency. I actually never used the word codependency in the book right? because I I wanted to address this dynamic in men because up to that time, nobody had ever even addressed codependency in men. All the books were directed at women or maybe spouses of alcoholics. And so I avoided the word just because I wanted people to kind of be able to get a look at who this guy is without a preconceived idea of what codependency is. But, but a codependent basically is somebody that gets their sense of self, uh, through connection with other, There's no strong sense of self. If you approve of me, if you value me, okay, then I can approve of me and value me. If you don't, then I don't either. So that, that's that's okay. the core dynamic that, of codependency.
1: That's fantastic. So uh, the idea, I love the, because it's kind of a dual thing you're talking about here that I'm hiding, but yet I'm trying to please.
0: I'm hiding and trying <laughs> to please at the same time. And Everything gets externalized. There's no internal sense of self, or as you know, psychologists would say an internal locus of control or identity. And, and so it's kind of like, you know, the nice guy's, you know, kind of licking his finger and holding it up in the breeze <laughs> to see which way the wind's blowing and who can I be in this situation or with this person. And so we have different persona at work, different persona with friends, different persona at church, different persona with, with our partner or, or, right. or people we're dating. Um, and, and it just changes. And that's what I found is so frustrating for, for most women, um, is they just don't know who who this person is and they're always guessing what he wants what he feels what he thinks um you know what's the truth and and i I have I have a lot of empathy mm-hmm. for the women in my life in the past where I, I was a nice guy. I had tons of empathy because I wouldn't make a decision. I wouldn't say let's do this. I, oh, whatever you want to do. Right. You know. Okay, sure, if you want to. Uh, what do you want to do tonight? Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't tell the truth if I thought it would upset anybody. Never asked for what I wanted. Um, so I yeah, it, it's not fun to no, live with a nice guy.
1: No, that's that's a that's a quite the dilemma for both parties. Uh, in a marriage because you've got a woman that you're describing that is in that's in a relationship with a nice guy and they're trying to read who this guy is while at the same time mm-hmm. he's trying to read her and what she wants yeah <laughs> so, and, and good luck with that you know you're talk, on both sides you're talking and, about a vicious cycle
0: and, and and you know the thing that i've heard from women the most especially when in couples counseling is they'll say you know he can be such a great guy and everybody i know says oh you're so lucky he's such a nice guy but as i write about real early in the book Nice guys are often anything but nice because right. we won't make a decision. We won't tell the whole truth. We'll, 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 we'll leave things out if we think we'll get a reaction. We'll hide things. Um, nice guys often have a lot of hidden secretive behaviors, even while trying to look really good mm-hmm. on the outside. Like, for example, I'm told the state of Utah, which, of course, is highly Mormon, so you get a bunch of um of Christians trying to look really good has the highest use of pornography of any state in the union. So right. there's a, when the harder you're trying to look good, the more things you have to hide about right. yourself. And and guess what the number one thing most nice guys hide? Uh, it is their sexuality. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So if 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 that's the one side of this that uh you know I, your your work and and the book uh, when I was introduced to you, because it's kind of an interesting thing. It's, it's, our, it's our uh, one of our professors at TWU is how I found out about you with uh, Doctor mm-hmm. Jennings. Uh, because when I was talking to him about something I had written, he's like, "You've got to find Doctor Glover and and connect with him." And I'm like, "Who's that?" And so that's that's kind of a, a fascinating small world <laughs> connection yeah. there. Um, but one of the interesting things is is if you've got this as a characteristics of of what, what, what makes up a nice guy? What's, what's the opposite of that? What's the, what's the point or the goal for a man or a husband then? If, if it's not happy wife equals happy life, which is the myth, that's kind of the way I've con- conceptualized a lot of what you do. Yeah. That if, I, if that's my drive, <laughs> I just want to make her happy.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like if mom ain't happy, nobody
1: ain't exactly. happy. Exactly. Those are phrases yeah. thrown around easily, but there's a lot of undercurrent destruction in that. So what's well, okay, the op- so- what's the opposite or the goal then?
0: Uh, that's a good question, and 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 it also made me think of something else that we can talk about in terms of the guy uh, of the man consciously setting the tone, the emotional tone in a relationship, right. rather than leaving that to the woman. But the, the it's a good question, and a lot of people, most of us, are fairly black and white in our thinking, mm-hmm. and so when people say, "Okay, well this guy wrote a book, no more Mister Nice Guy," why would somebody write a book? teaching men to not be nice. What's he teaching them to be, you know, to, to be a jerk <laughs> right. you know, to be the creep to be, to be a bad man. Um, that's just a natural logical thing. And a lot of guys will come to me and say, well, okay, I get it that being the nice guy, being passive, being avoidant, um, trying to please all the time, seeking external validation. I get that that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's not serving me well, but they'll say, but, but I don't want to go like be the jerk. Um, right. So, so where, where's, where's the middle ground there? And, and I, I tell guys, I don't know where the tipping point is between two dysfunctional extremes. And and, and so we're, I don't try to help guys find a middle ground between being too nice and, and too not nice. Um, because actually both the nice guy and the jerk are motivated and driven by the same things, which is usually toxic shame. And trying to manage their anxiety. The nice guy manages his anxiety and hides his toxic shame through what we, we might call the, the, the flight or the freeze mechanism mm-hmm. of survival. Whereas the jerk or the bully or the aggressive one manage, tries to manage his anxiety through the fight right. mechanism. So, so, so they're both really the same person. Right. They're just trying to manage their anxiety
1: and, and, and manage their sense of toxic shame. So if you haven't heard already, it's the summer of smooth. And when you're playing in the sun, it's nice to be smooth or neat and trim, high and tight, however you choose to be. That's right. This is the summer to keep all the nether regions nice and cool while you're still looking hot with our friends here at Manscaped. The leader in below-the-belt grooming is making sure we all have the summer of smooth by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. So dive headfirst into the summer of smooth by going to manscaped.com. For 20% off plus free shipping when you use our code SMR. And Pam, I've talked about this each and every week that Manscaped's been on, but they have the Performance Package 4.0 that has everything you need. And ladies can use it too. Just saying. <laughs> that the summer bot, it, it helps get everything that you would need for the summer bot. And inside the package is the Lawnmower 4.0, big fan. So is our son, by the way. Mm-hmm. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel travel bag to hold all your goodies wherever you may travel this summer. The 4.0 trimmer features cutting-edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. And Pam, you know full well, no one wants accidents and cuts down there. No. Not good for anybody. No. Who- It also has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch, and it has a LED light that you can use when you need to get to the more precise areas. And Pam, did I mention that this trimmer is waterproof too? You did not mention that. Thank you for mentioning. Beach, lake, shower, this Razor will take care of wherever you are. And this, they've also introduced, if you are a sandal wearer and you've got some nasty toes awesome. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury (gasps) nail grooming kit just for you.
0: That's amazing.
1: (laughs) So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SMR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with our code SMR at manscaped.com. It's the summer of smooth boys. It's time to get on board or get left behind.
0: They have thought of everything.
1: So when I talk about What's the
0: alternative? I talk about what I call the integrated male. We could call that, we could call it loss of terms.
1: Yeah, facts. absolutely. You know, I've authentic. heard it expressed Person. a bunch of ways. Yeah.
0: Loss of terms. There's no right way to put it. But in my mind, that, that involves uh, a person's ability to, um, to soothe their anxiety in order to, to be more present in the moment, to be more honest and transparent. To be more differentiated, and you and I were talking about David Snarch, who you're going to go work with, and he talks a lot about differentiation, of course, in passionate marriage. And we talked about he, he got that from Murray Bowen. For mm-hmm. your listeners out there that want to do their homework, <laughs> um, but but a differentiated self is a person who's who's able to ask himself. What do I want? Right. What feels right? What's important to me? And then can follow through on that, even when there's pressure from the outside to conform or get back in line. Right. Kind of like the crabs trying to pull you back into the bucket when you, you know, make, make your, your escape. And continue with that differentiated self, even when the anxiety or the neurotic guilt between your own ears says, oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, no, somebody's not going to like this. So the integrated male is able to to, to self soothe his anxiety rather than trying to manage his anxiety by manipulation, and that's what nice guys do. Right. They manipulate every situation. They operate by something I call covert contracts, and we we'll talk more about that.
1: Well, that's again. one of yeah. That's to step on you for a second. That's one of my favorite phrases from you. Is is just conceptualizing the whole idea of how. We have a lot of contracts in our life, and most when they're covert, we got major issues that can come up because yeah. this isn't just a male specific thing in that regard. Because this also is where expectations fit into play, and, and well, some, you're of, a some of that stuff. Therapist.
0: Yeah, you and I'm sure you, you've you seen this through your history, and I have too. And after 30-plus years of working with couples, I would say it's probably unrealistic and often unspoken expectations yep. of what you, my partner, are supposed to be doing for me to make me happy and satisfied that really is the cancer that, that, that eats right. away at so many marriages.
1: Right, and so the covert contract label of that is spot on, just because I think that's what really wreaks so much havoc, like you're talking about, that I go to bed mad because something with my wife didn't happen, but I never told her yeah. what I was wanting to have happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so let, let me just even just spell those out for your listeners real quickly. And yeah. the, the, the nice guy syndrome basically has three covert contracts. And so these are hidden, sometimes unconscious contracts. And of course, because they are covert nobody else knows about them. And we don't even often know about them <laughs> right. until we're like resentful or pissed off or, or you know, having a victim puke or, or passive aggressive. But so the three nice guy covert contracts, they're all a form of an if then paradigm. Okay. And the first one is if, um, if I'm a good guy, then people will like me and love me. And usually added to that for the nice guy and the person who I want to have sex with will want to have sex with me. Okay. Because I'm a good guy. Right. And and I, I work a lot with single men as well and, and, and teaching men how to consciously date in very authentic ways. And and I try to steer men away from what I call nice guy seduction. Ie, If I go really slow, really let the woman get to know me, never do anything that will rock the boat or upset her, if I'm different than those jerks I've heard women complain about, Mm -hmm. if I do enough nice things for her, if I help her sister move, if I buy her (laughs) things, if I solve her money problems, that's nice guy seduction. If I do all these, then you'll like me, love me. Uh, and even in marriage, okay. If, if I, you know, okay. You know, I tell my wife, go upstairs. I'll, I'll get the kids taken care of. I'll get dishes done. You go take a bubble bath, Mm -hmm. go relax. But we don't tell her that we have a contract, you know, that if I do these nice things, then you're going to want to have sex with me later on. And then when we get upstairs and she's falling asleep in the bed with the book on her chest and the light's still on and we get in bed and now we're all pissy because, Hey, I did these I, things. I thought, I thought we, we had an agreement. <laughs> yeah. And she just goes, oh, finally, Porphine, I get to relax and read a book. And he's, he's such a nice yes. guy until the next morning when she wakes up. And you're, we're in a still, foul and mood. you're
1: still mad. Yes. I've, yeah. I've been so, there.
0: So there's, yeah, I am too. <laughs> so covert contract number one, if I'm a good guy, you'll like me, love me, appreciate me and want to have sex with me when I want to have sex. Right. Covert contract number two. If I meet your needs without you having to ask, then you will meet my needs without me having to ask. Now, this is where the the often passive-aggressive behavior of nice guys and their victim pukes often come in. I've been doing all these things for you, and you haven't done any of these things back for me that I expect but, but I never really asked for. And, 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 and the problem is we're terrible scorekeepers. You know, we, we're, 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 keeping the, the you know, the board yep. up there. Oh, I got all these points on my side. Look, you, you're, you've been a terrible partner. You haven't done these things right. back. So, but the problem is the part, our partners are, are, are just people in general don't know that we had a contract mm-hmm. because we did things for them that we're supposed to figure out what they're supposed to be doing for us. Now, unfortunately, nice guys are, um, often surround themselves with people who aren't very good at giving we're not very clear at asking for what we want and we're terrible receivers it makes us uncomfortable when actually people give to us because right. then we feel emotionally indebted yep now all of a sudden we owe them something or we're going to be in trouble so that's covert contract number two covert contract number three is if i do everything right then i will have a smooth problem-free world now of course we can't do everything right uh you you mentioned before the broadcast that a high percentage of your listeners are christians mm-hmm. well the core the core message of of the uh, message of of Jesus was you can't do everything right, you can't be good enough. you can try all you want right you, you you're you're never going to make it so that's the point that we think, well, if I'm just good enough, I'll have a smooth, problem-free life. But as we all know, life is not smooth and problem-free. Exactly. Life by nature is chaotic. Relationships by nature are chaotic. Mm-hmm. So those three covert contracts often lead to a lot of not nice behavior Correct. from nice guys and a lot of frustration from the people in a relationship with the nice guy.
1: All right. So... If we've got this idea of we're trying to now become more integrated as humans or with your target audience of, as, as men, because uh, I, I mean, that's the one thing that e- – even with the stuff I've introduced of, of yours to couples or had conversations <laughs> with my wife or listeners and, and used some of this verbiage, it still rings true because there's a human characteristic to it. that Oh, yes. That, that male – it's not gender-specific, Right. It's it, it, not. It, I
0: just happen to write right. to men, and and because of that, most of my work is with men. But as I said, I get a lot of fan mail from women and say that they can see
1: themselves right. in it as well. Right, and so I think there's, that warrants at least noting, because there's really good value in seeing, how do I do some of these things? Maybe not the way they manifest themselves in the way you describe it, but there's semblances of it. There's a fundamental... Characteristic that 's completely similar you know and and so if we 're trying to work to becoming more integrated or authentic mm-hmm. or real or solid is a phrase I use a lot on on the show of that sure. one of the points is how do I stand more solidly on my own two feet in my life and in my relationships what what are some steps or the advice that you would give of Okay, so I'm recognizing this kind of stuff. Um, I'm seeing it. Uh, I'm hearing it from my partner, or we're listening to this episode together, and my wife is looking at me going, you, yeah, there's one. Yep, there's another one. There's, you know, all this stuff's kind of being pointed out. So how do we start? What's the next step, I guess, is to say?
0: Okay. Um, one of the things I make really clear in the book, and I make clear with, with people I talk to, and it really doesn't matter what what it is you're trying to work on or change or or kind of alter in your life and i tell people it doesn't matter if you, if you if you decided to quit drinking or if you want to work on your codependency or if you just found jesus right the the formula is the same and that is we need support systems and daily practices mm-hmm and if you look at AA, they give you support system and daily practices. Yep. If you look at Christianity, they give you support system and daily practices. If you look at Buddhism, they give you support system and daily practices. Um, and that's what I try to do with, with the men and women that I work with. And, and so w- the roadmaps we're using as men and women, as adults, were fundamentally formed in the first few months and years of our life. Mm-hmm. Okay. And 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 I know you you've probably done some some of your own studying work around brain development, but but for example, you know anybody's raised kids, your kids don't actually start you know talking until they're approaching two years old. Why? Their brain just wasn't wired to do it. Children start developing a differentiated self around two years old. They start saying me, myself. No, mm-hmm. I'm going to. Uh, unfortunately, we call that the terrible twos uh, in Western <laughs> culture, but it, it is a very healthy, essential developmental stage exactly. in human development and brain development. Um, and then around four to five years old, the brain starts wiring itself enough to actually have some visual memories of experiences that we maybe as adults, if we look back at our very earliest experiences, probably about as early as we can go back is about four. Um, Occasionally people say they remember something from three or two, but often maybe they saw a picture of it or heard a story about it because the brain just doesn't store visual memory at that young age. Right. So what it does store is emotional memory and what, when we we're born, the part of our brain on our brain uh, stem, the, the amygdala, is fully online. That's the fight fight, free survival part of our brain. And, and scientists uh, theorize that it stores up emotional memory. And so that means when we're just a few weeks, few months, few years old before we can ask for what we want. Oh, and by the way, the prefrontal cortex, the thinking, reasoning part of the human brain in men doesn't finish wiring itself and developing to about age 25. Right. That's why our car insurance went down (laughs) at 25. The the, the insurance companies realized for some reason men quit doing stupid stuff around 25. Well, the prefrontal cortex, the reasoning, decision-making part of the brain finally finished getting but what happened when we were very small is whatever our life experiences were if we were cold if we were hungry if we were lonely if, if we were wet or dirty if, if if whatever the needs were if they were not met in a timely judicious comforting way if we didn't have attachment and love from at least one hopefully both parents if if we didn't have connection we internalized emotionally not intellectually because we didn't have that ability right but we internalized if we could put it in words, that, that core belief that there is something wrong with me. Now, the amygdala that stores up that emotional memory of, of, of self is hardwired into every other part of the brain. It's also hardwired into our receptors, our eyes, our ears, our sense of smell, taste and touch. And it gets signals before the thinking part of the brain does. Right. That's why sometimes, you know, you know we will have a reaction to something and our heart's beating fast and our palms are sweating before we can even think about what just right. happened. Okay. When we internalize the emotional belief about who we are and how we fit into the world at a very early age, that then came to inform how we think yep. about ourselves and the world at a later age. Is our is our our, our 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 machine language, our our operating system it used to be our DOS. It's you know it's um, it's a firmware that's running the machine. We we load the software on top of it. So. We don't know, though, that that's what's influencing how we think about ourselves and the world. We don't know that. We all think our thoughts about ourselves and the world are perfectly 100% rational and logical. And why wouldn't everybody else see things exactly the way we do? But they're not. They're based on inaccurately internalized emotional sense of self in the world that then informs the rest of our thinking. So if we're going to change that stuff, We didn't internalize that on our own. We're not going to change it on our own. That's why we need the support systems, Mm -hmm. whether that is a church, a Bible study group, a men's group, um, a therapist, a coach. We need support systems Um, And for example, like for for shedding toxic shame, you know, if we're walking around thinking, well, because I think these thoughts or I've done these things in the past, I'm this terrible person and people only knew me. They they wouldn't want to be close to me. They wouldn't love me. And then we go share that with safe people in a 12-step group and a Bible study group and with a therapist. And when then like they don't react negatively and they actually are very (laughs) supportive and loving and nurturing, you start, you can let go of those inaccurate beliefs about who I have to be to be loved. So we need those support systems. And um, I'm, I'm 61. I, I started doing my own personal recovery 25 years ago. I still have a coach. I still do my work because mm-hmm. I'm still evolving and I'm still running into new stuff. Second thing then is, is our, our, our so, um, support systems other is daily practices. And again, it doesn't matter if, if you're a Buddhist, if you're a Christian, if you're a recovering alcoholic, if you're a recovering nice guy. We need stuff to help keep our mind focused on what's important or what our core values are, um, to keep us thinking about our day ahead, the day behind, what, what we learned, what we want to do better, what we want to work on, how we want to be more conscious, more present, more loving, more compassionate. And, and so for me, every morning I, I do some meditation. I I read some good books. I spend some quiet time kind of alone Mm -hmm. outdoors. I have some things that feed my soul that, that help keep my mind directed in the direction that I want it to go. So those are the two things that I preach in support good. systems and daily practices.
1: And that's good. Cause that's, if you think about it, we have those in e- either positive or negative ways already, either by default yeah. or intentionality, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's who we surround ourselves with that are either really challenging us or just yes, men and yes, women. And you know, like, cause you make the comment of a victim puke and and uh, where we'll just start unloading a bunch of stuff. And sometimes we can surround ourselves with that, where it just truly is a gripe session. Yeah. And I walk away feeling worse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because nobody—it it was all groupthink, and nobody actually was differentiated enough or solid enough to say, hold on, is that really accurate? Because the, the thing yeah. I'm fascinated with is looking at some of the brain science and, and the, the ways we can rewire some of those mm-hmm. pathways um, yeah. Dan Siegel's work with mindsight comes to mind of being able to have the brain look in on itself from the prefrontal cortex to the amygdala is just fascinating to me to think yeah. that that's what the, that's what our brain does and so my counsel for a lot of clients that get caught in some of these cycles is talk to yourself. And today's technology is great because you can do it in your car, and people think you're just talking on the phone, right? <laughs> and so,
0: <laughs> you don't look like a crazy, yeah, person. you don't look
1: like somebody just talking to yourself. And but it's just that idea of being able to say it. You know, your your brain hears it from a different part of the brain than the amygdala, and so that's a a, a reconnection yeah. of it, if you will. And that's the kind of stuff that's so just powerful to me to see. How we can evolve and shift just by i mean i 'm guessing from what you 're describing one of the best things that a person can do when they hear this stuff is realize, okay, wait, this is me i 'm seeing semblances of this, this is ringing real true, so now maybe I need to look at my support structure, maybe I need to look at who who do I do life with and and that 's a start, or I need to look at. What, what do I do? What are my practices? What what are some of the things that I do that are in line with who I, w- I want to be or not?
0: Right. And, and, and the term that I use is, well, these aren't my terms, but mindfulness or consciousness. Yep. So just making a conscious decision about how I want to walk the planet, how I want to live every day and And, you know, some of the most simple things that a person can do in any situation is just when you feel stressed, when you feel reactive, when you feel critical, negative, down, whatever, take just a moment, breathe, just kind of focus on your breath for just a moment, pause, take a pause, Mm -hmm. and then question your perceptions. Because most of the time we're stressed about stuff we believe to be true, as Mark Twain said, just ain't.
1: (laughs) It's always great to have Doctor Glover back on, or Mm -hmm. even to hear him again. Yeah, like like this week's episode, Mm -hmm. because there's some huge huge takeaways that come from his work. So I remember when I first got uh, No More Mister Nice Guy, Mm -hmm. read the thing like in two days, felt like he was kicking me in the groin the whole time Mm -hmm. because he was Mm -hmm. hitting so close to home. Mm -hmm. Because the whole idea of the nice guy is just like you know, it stands out to me from the show is just the reminder of you just don't feel good in who you are. Mm. And so you try to find it from everywhere around you. Mm -hmm. And I even heard in a book that I'm listening to right now, different topic, different author, that he's like 70, 80% of men don't feel good in who they are at some point in their life, if not the entirety of it. And we need that to change. And I don't know where the stat came from, but it's like, that's a huge amount of people. Yeah, well, I'm immediately hearing that and thinking, I, I don't know that that's
0: that proper... Many women too, so uh, just for for what
1: it's worth. But it's interesting when you read it. You say you felt like you're, you know, getting kicked in the gut or the groin. Um,
0: I love the question of what's my next step. What does it look like to not be there? Because so often, even in like with women, when the sexual in your world, what would turn you on? Well, I don't know. And so you may read this. You're looking at, am I a nice guy? Well, what does it look like to not be a nice guy? Right. I don't know. So having those next steps, practical next steps, really makes so much sense
1: and right. is so useful. Yeah, because it's so imperative that we do life with other people. Mm, yeah. And and have guys in our corner and women in our corner. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a female listening, mm-hmm. because the nice guy, yeah, it's it's targeting men, but it applies to both, right? It's pleasers. Hmm, it's right. posers it's it's all of us can be better mm-hmm. and dr glover brings that home every time i get a chance to have a conversation with him thanks again to our guest dr robert glover if you want to hear more from him he's been a regular here at sexy merge radio you can go to episode 326 positive emotional tension episode 425 testing solidness and episode 558 roommates not lovers All of those are worth the listen. Jump back in the archives. Every so often, we'll bring archives up to the day like we did today. Transcripts are available in the show notes on each of the episode's pages. All our advertisers' deals and discount codes are also available on each of the episode's pages at smrnation.com. Please, consider supporting those who support the show. The greatest compliment you can give us is to share the show with your friends and those that you care about. And remember, we improve those around us when we improve ourselves. So take on yourself first by applying what you hear on our show each week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.